0: Apex friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Peak City Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Reese. And if you're joining us from outside of Apex, thanks for stopping by. That's Peak City Sound with the tunes. Check them out at peakcitysound.com. We're proud to have the support of the Apex Downtown Business Association. Learn more at apexdowntown.com. And today I'm joined by Ken O'Berry founder and owner of Vicious Fishes Brewery in Anger, but we'll talk in a few minutes about soon-to-be Vicious Fishes of Apex. Ken, thanks for coming by. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, and we also have Paul Miller, who is a co-owner. Paul, thanks for being in the studio today. Thank you. Quick message for our listeners. This podcast is about the people and events that make Apex the peak of good living with a wide range of topics over the coming months. We're just now circling back on the topic again of entertainment in Apex because we have a new neighbor coming to town. And Ken, I met you completely by chance. Uh, we were right here on Salem Street having a pint down at the provincial. We got to talking. I asked you about your cool hoodie that has uh, that Piranha logo on it. And you said that you were bringing your talents to the peak city with Vicious Fishes. So let's start at the beginning. You're originally from California. Tell us the story of Vicious Fishes. Sure.
1: Well, yeah, I'm originally from California. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, I've been in in software that my early career was based out of there. Uh, But before that, when I was in college, I had a, a roommate, one of my best friends of all time, and he convinced me that we should brew beer. That's, you know, true friendship when you can bring somebody to, uh, to something as wonderful as brewing beer. But anyway, so it came up, hey, we should go do this. And so at the time he said, you know, it might cost us as much as a hundred dollars to get going. And at the time being a college student, that was a lot of money. And I was had my reservations, but we went down to the homebrew store. It was something relatively new back then. And there were very few stores that were supporting the homebrewing community. And so we went down there. It was all a mystery. We ended up spending our $100. We each went in with with 50. And I don't know, maybe I wasn't even able to pay rent that much. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But uh, what seemed like a lark at the time turned into a complete passion So we, I love to coming up with new recipe creations and just it's as creative as you want to be, something that captures your attention and your taste buds can be something that you can serve to your friends that I found to be very fun. But as a software person, part of what I do is I work with teams to take an idea and make it reality. And then we iterate again and again to make it incrementally better so that it's the best thing it can be. And brewing is a lot like that. It's, Mm. you know, Take a, a a flavor that really appeals to you. And you don't just brew it once and move on. You brew it and you think, ah, how can I make that better? And so that was something that really appealed to me and became one of the reasons why brewing beer was something that really just captured my my passion. And so being in grad school at the time, I was very interested in entrepreneurship. I was endeavoring to get a business degree. And one of the things we had to do is to write a business plan. And I thought, what better thing to write a business plan than this thing that has me obsessed right now, which is brewing beer. So I did scores of hours of research and built out a financial model. I built out a business plan, a marketing plan, a go-to-market plan, an operational plan, and developed this only to realize, oh my gosh, now I have a really good sense of what it takes from a capital perspective to make this a reality, to, to pursue it. And um, as a you know 26-year-old grad student at that time, uh early in my career that was out of my reach and I just let it go. And so, you know, fast forward twenty-five years and last year there was an opportunity to to pursue that passion. To yeah, I had recently started reinvigorated my love for homebrewing and I had actually won a, a handful of awards at local homebrew competitions. And it seemed like the time. I pushed all my chips into the center and said I'm all in and I have uh Two neighbors, friends of mine who have come along for the ride. And so we've all elected to link arms and make what was a, a dream of a college student, make it reality and make it as something you know, a little bit beyond that now and a little more gray hair. But 2018 is going to be a really important year for Vicious Fishes.
0: Yeah. So I love that you brought that up now. Um, I was going to ask you about it later, but this is a, a great time to talk about. Uh, you live here in Apex. And so, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about uh, the neighborhood that is Apex. And so talk a little bit about what we talked about before we started recording and you just alluded to there.
1: Yeah, that's right. So having moved here from California back in 2002, it wasn't long thereafter that I landed and built a home in Apex. love Apex. You couldn't pay me a, a million dollars to move back. To the Bay Area. As well, much a as million do-
0: dollars would probably get you about one hundred seventy thousand dollars out there, right? Well, that's true. That's something that <laughs> I, I, you
1: know, a, a line that I would use with people that I met who, who, you know, fifteen years ago, where they'd say, "Why are you here?" But in truth, I just <laughs> love the Carolinas. I yeah. love. North Carolina and I love Apex. And so I've been in Apex for uh, over 10 years now and, um, and the town is phenomenal. So in landing in my most recent neighborhood, as it turns out, it's the best cul-de-sac in the world. You know, I have a dozen friends and families that, that would be stitched together and become really close with. And, um, one such neighbor, you know, we, whenever we would get together, we both had a passion for home brewing and we were doing it 18 months ago. Now this is, and, um, Every time we got we'd get together, the kids are running around in circles, the wives are talking, and he and I are talking about recipe development. We're talking about what we've recently brewed and what we're gonna do next. And you know, I think for both of us it was something that you know again was a passion. And so when we decided to move forward and and do this, we named the company Maroni Beverage Company. We we happen to live on a on a cul-de-sac in in Bella Casa. The name of the cul de Maroney. And so we thought, you know what? We're going to do beer now. We don't know what it'll eventually become. So let's abstract Vicious Fishes out of it. You know, Vicious Fishes being the the name of the brewery that I came up with, you know, 25 some odd years ago. And so now we have three of us. We have three partners who are forging ahead together. And we're going to open up a tap room in Apex in the coming months. And who knows what, where it'll take us. We have tons of ideas and a, a lot of passion, and we're just excited to be here to be developing something locally at Apex.
0: That's awesome. And so tell us a little bit about what you've learned in your initial opening, which is in Anger, right? And where do you brew? Yeah. Uh, so we um, we established the brewery in
1: Andrew It's about 30 minutes from here. We take that drive- pretty often these days. And there was a, another small brewery that had elected to exit the market, and that was going back to 2016. They had a couple of pieces of equipment that seemed of interest to us that we could use to employ to build vicious fishes. And so that's where we elected to establish ourselves. We tried to bring it north here to Apex, but you know the timing as such, it just didn't work out at that time. And so we have our brewing operations there, we have a tap room there, and our goal is to establish this Apex tap room, which is literally right around the corner from where we all three live, and we'll bring the beer here from Andrew. Who knows what lies beyond the horizon? We have some ideas of how we might be able to build a larger footprint here in Apex, but that's the model we'll go forward with, at least out of the gate.
0: So the reason we're talking now is because you've got your building permits in hand. That's
1: right. Yes. We, we got building permits in hand.
0: We established a location, uh, which
1: will be, uh, which will be just down the street from where we're sitting today. So Salem street changes names as it goes west out of town and it becomes old us one we will be at two, two, three, seven old us one that location is currently under redevelopment. If we took a ride down the road today, we'd see that there's no roof. And in many, most places, there's no floor. But in a short number of months, it's going to become just a beautiful place for people to gather and and enjoy vicious, vicious beers.
0: Yeah. And that's a uh, growing part of town too, down in the Southwest part of town. Uh, What do you think draws people to your beer? I mean, was this a beginner's luck 25 years ago on your first run of homebrew, and you said, this is amazing. You just did fine tweaking from there. You were just incredibly talented and started off, or was it hard work to get- I'm sure it's get- the latter. <laughs> <laughs> just no. Uh, but um, what do you think makes your beer stand out, especially in a somewhat dense beer scene? That's a great question. So I think
1: in part in answering that question, maybe we should share some. What do you think? That, man, that sounds great. Okay, let's, let's do that. that.
0: Let's, let's open up a- I uh, am 21 <laughs> and- uh, I've been 21 uh, <laughs> at least twice over. Okay, so we are going to try some beer now.
1: Okay, this one is uh, our flagship beer. It's an IPA. It's named Here Be Dragons. In keeping with the vicious, vicious themes, back in the medieval age, uh, cartographers were known to illustrate their maps with sea serpents and other fierce uh creatures and uh, a couple of them said here be dragons meaning that they're uncharted territories it might be slightly dangerous it might be there might be some romanticism there but uh, here's our
0: flagship beer here be dragons cheers cheers oh that's good that is fantastic thank you now this is a new england ipa is that correct
1: that's right it's an emerging style of beer um So IPAs have have taken the beer community by storm. I think it's about 35% of of beer sales are in this style of the India Pale Ale style. It's typically a very hoppy beer. We now make a distinction between West Coast IPAs and mm, I hate to say East Coast, but New England style IPAs. Uh Uh, The West Coast styles tend to be There's a very neutral in terms of the malt backbone. So you won't really taste a lot of the malt, but the tops forward. They're frequently very bitter, Mm -hmm. um, piney, piney, resiny, dank is a term that's used. Um, and for people who seek out the hops, you know, the more hops you can pack into a pint, right. the, the better. And that's a style of beer that I like. But what we're tasting here is of a, an emerging style. It's called the New England style because of the breweries that happen to be located in New England that forged it, where instead of being bitter and piney and dank, this style is more balanced, yeah. more approachable, has wonderful tropical fruit flavors and aromas but with a balanced bitterness, it, almost not bitter in, in comparison. Right, um, One might say they're frequently described as having a pillowy mouthfeel. They're just like any of the beers that we brew, they're balanced and they're approachable. And this mm-hmm. just happens to be an example of one in a style where one could go over the edge by packing more densely bitter notes into it. Instead, we're approaching it with more of a, a tropical and balanced
0: bitterness. And do you think that these New England IPAs are what's evolving? The market's evolving toward them? Is this just offering a new option? Why do you think New England IPAs are emerging in the way that they are?
1: Well, to me, I think that they will stand alongside the West Coast style. It wasn't that long ago where you wouldn't really say West Coast is a style of IPA. It was the IPA. Right, right. Um, And I think that this is just an alternate take for those of us that love beer and love delicious hoppy flavors this is certain to stand alongside the West Coast style. And I think there'll be peers. It's a place where where we've elected to forge our identity in many respects mm-hmm. because as I mentioned before, we really I personally love balance in beer. I don't like I don't prefer beers that are overtly one side over the other. I like right. balance in, in their composition. And so
0: And what's but- the what's the A B V on this uh this is uh there be dragons uh it's here be dragons here be dragons the dragons are here in yeah. the studio today <laughs>
1: um so so this is 6.3% alcohol in this IPA uh, i think it's largely indicative of the way that we'll approach bringing beers to apex and mm-hmm. that most of ours will be relatively low in alcohol it's you know beer is you asked earlier about you know what brings you what, what causes you to do this and beer is largely about community it's yeah. about getting you know you and I are sitting here today and hey Paul come on in you know the three of us are sitting here and we're having a beer and we're you know we're going to talk about our families yeah. we're going to talk about our community and we're going to create a deeper connection and um, th- that sense of community is in large part what beer
0: is all about. And so, and does that inform your business model? It's my understanding that you won't be distributing anytime soon. Is that correct? It, that's true. Yeah. So, is that part of? Your personality and your style, is it business model? Is it both when it comes to, hey, here's our beer, come join us in the communal tap room, you know, if you want to enjoy it. It's it's
1: two aspects of that. So first off, it is about low alcohol beers allow you to sit with your friends and people you've just met and spend more time together. You can sit together and and have that connection and build that sense of community. And instead of having something that is much Higher uh, level of alcohol that would cause you to be one and done. Hey, right. see you next time. Instead, yeah. so you can hang out for a little bit while longer. You can let the kids play board games in the corner, and yeah. and so the lower alcohol beers are ones that that we will have in the forefront of our portfolio. And then, with regard to community, you mentioned previously that we started out in Andrew, and it's true. We that's where we initially spun up the business, and what we found was. And this wasn't something that that came completely intuitively to us. We intended to have a tap room oriented model, um, and it seemed like the right approach. That instead of seeking out tap handles at Peak City across the street and Cantina Twenty Five downstairs, you know, instead of you know chasing the tap handles, that we would establish a, a tap room and, and invite people in in our community and get to know them. You know, we did that
0: in Andrew and um, what we found was is that we made a lot of friends. Yeah, you got a great reputation down in Andrew. That's yeah. why you know, a lot of those people have said you guys are lucky to be getting uh, some vicious fishes your way.
1: Uh, you're kind. So, but, but that sense of bringing people together and hanging out in the beer garden and getting to know people, that really crystallized our approach where we initially intended to focus on the tap room to the exclusion of tap handles. Now we're doubling down and we're saying you know what, it's better for us and it's better for our customers who are our friends yeah. to um, establish roots and invite people in and, and we'll all you know, forge a new sense of community in this location And um, and it's something that appeals very strongly to us.
0: And I think it's really cool just because you now join, I believe, two other breweries here in Apex and it seems like all three of you, first off, really nice people. That's uh, that's one thing we're lucky about here in Apex not the others aren't but um all the people and you have another Ken by the way over at Southern Peak Bird. That's right yeah um But I was going to say, but you guys all have very different business models, very different business models. And we'll have blueprint on at some point, but yeah, Eric at
1: blueprint is focused. They have a a nice welcoming tap room, but really they're focused on getting their product into retail and we see them frequently. My wife and I, we go out to, um, we love to go to provincial, you know, probably once a week, you know, we see, see their beer (laughs) there and, you know, same with Nathan and Ken at, at Southern Peak. Those guys are awesome. They helped us a ton as we were just starting out. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I went into their tap room with a, a, a sheet of paper, a pen, and a measuring tape. You know, <laughs> and they they allowed me to brew with them uh, a year ago, December. Very cool, and uh, just super super nice people who have been there for us and have helped foster our development from the earliest. And so, yeah, I mean, we, there are three breweries in Apex now, and we all have complimentary business models, three breweries, all with delicious product. You know, Apex citizens can't go wrong at, at right. any one of the three establishments. We're really just thrilled to be able to join them here. It's well, longer. let's try something else. You want to All right, yeah. great. So, um, the next we're going to try, it's something uh, very less hoppy. This is our beer flavored beer. Okay. Uh, that's beer flavored beer, folks. That, that's right. This is our Following Seas Golden Ale.
0: All right. Okay. Beer flavored beer, folks. Beer flavored beer.
1: Okay. This is a golden ale. Now, this, this does fit the profile that I mentioned earlier. You could hold that up to the, to oh, the yeah. light and it'd be crystal clear with a light golden color. It's balanced and it's not hoppy. It's one that we brewed to appeal to people who are maybe just coming to craft beer who uh, are not accustomed to some of the, the rich uh, flavors that go along with craft beer. It's something that is just a slightly more delicious version is something that they might already have in their fridge at home.
0: And what's the name of this beer?
1: This one is Following Seas Golden Ale. Most of the beers in our portfolio, we've come up with names that are evocative of a nautical, sometimes a, a little bit salty, uh, sometimes a little bit romantic. The notion behind it is that they are uh, Fair winds and following seas. This is smooth sailing. This is just something delicious and approachable.
0: And what's the ABV on this? Uh, this one is four point eight percent. So that's just uh, a little bit above your domestics, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, the, you know the domestics are usually land in around around five percent these days. So yeah. this is right in that ballpark. But we've taken a different approach, and instead of using a lot of adjuncts that make them largely flavorless and they're meant to be served at extremely cold temperatures so that you don't <laughs> taste them. Uh, this is a little different in that, that there's more flavor and it's, uh, it's luscious and it has a depth of flavor that I think, uh, people who are more, uh, enjoyers of domestic beer, they latch onto this and, and immediately find a, a new home in craft beer.
0: And the name of, of it guys. again is, this is following C's golden ale. Following Seas Golden Ale is the beer flavored beer. <laughs> and uh, I've got to ask, you've you got all these great names for these beers and your brewery is called Vicious Fishes, which I presume after a few of your products becomes slightly more challenging to say. Was that part of the idea 25 years ago? You know, that's a bit of a tongue twister.
1: It is. You know, it is a tongue twister. <laughs> and when when I came up with this- I love it. I think it's ago. cool. Thanks. Um, I just love the the alliteration, the yeah. way it sounded, um, and when I came up with it, I, there was no beer involved, which is what made it easy to say. But you know, I suppose after a few a few beers, you know, it, it might um, it might get a little more difficult to <laughs> to enunciate.
0: Yeah, I was talking with Tim over at the beer dispensary and another beer guru, our other friend Lee. I was talking with them because these are the guys who really know beer, and I was saying, hey, you know, I'm about to have Ken of Vicious Fishes on talking about his new brewery. Let's talk about wild yeasts. What is that in the market today? I know that we read a lot about it. Is that trend? Is it hype? Is it something that is impacting the evolution of beer in America? What what is your take on wild yeasts? That was a question I didn't expect today, <laughs> but um, uh, thank you,
1: uh, Tim and Lee. Okay. So, oh, Tim and Lee. Okay. Well, great. So most of the beer that you see packaged at grocery or that you might encounter in, in your local watering hole or at a restaurant, those are what we call clean beers. So effectively, these beers are the beer that you're accustomed to. There is, at least in the US, um, and at least in my experience, there is a an emerging trend towards Uh, wild beers, wild fermentation. And, um, that's where you take a, you take this sweet liquid that we produce in our brewery, but you might expose it to the air or expose it to yeasts that are found in the, in the wild. And that type of fermentation is much less controlled. We control our fermentation mm-hmm. uh, and w- we create a, a sense of repeatability with it. Uh, wild fermentations, the beer is open to the environment. So is it tough to get a consistency? It like, can be. It, okay. it can be. We have uh, one friend uh, locally in Durham, Steve English. He's recently opened Barrel Culture Brewing and Blending. And uh, they focus on wild fermentations. We actually just did a collaboration uh, a few weeks ago in our brewery. So Steve's approach is he has these awesome oak barrels that are laden with bacteria and wild yeast, and whatever comes out of, after you know the, those wild creatures are are done working on on the beer is what you have, and it's phenomenal. He produces very fruit forward you know he'll do- dose most of his beers with heavy concentrations of whatever fruit is in season mm-hmm. uh, or whatever uh, puree he's able to gather from other parts of the world but you end up with something that is a lot less predictable but every bit is delicious and so yeah i think um, our friends down the street are right to to ask the question because it's something that is people are just starting to around here just starting to develop a palate for. They're wonderful beers. They're more acidic. They're sour mm-hmm. typically. And they're things that appeal, I've, we found, to people who might like wine or other types yeah. of libations. It's a, a crossover because they are um, that acidity, that sourness is more akin to wine. And so people who are lovers of wine, they they might find it easier to develop a liking for that style. That's
0: a great segue because you mentioned sour taste. It was the summer of 2016, I want to say, was my first time encountering sour beers. And you guys produce sour beers. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And let's talk about, you have something called a kettle sour. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So uh, the wild fermentation with the bacteria
1: is one approach to creating sour beers. It's one that you leave a lot up to the invisible hand of the bacteria that work on the beer. And ultimately I was mentioning Steve, his brewery is rife with bacteria and he can't produce the clean beers that we do, which is why when we got together a couple of weeks ago on a collaboration, um, we brewed in our brewery as opposed to his, if we were brewing a a wild fermentation beer together, we would have done it in his brewery. Um, so we also do sours, but we do them in a slightly more controlled fashion. There's another type of bacteria that you can use to sour your beer called lactobacillus, and Say that five times fast. Uh, you know, it's a lot easier than Vicious Fishes.
0: <laughs>
1: but but um, so we also do sour beers. We'll always have a couple in our lineup at any given point in time. Like Steve, we also love them when they're dosed with delicious amounts of, of fresh fruit. And so you'll always, you know, right now we have a Michigan Cherry Meyer Lemon that I call our Cherry Limoncello beer on tap in our tap room. It's delicious, but we're able to brew it with a little bit more predictability yeah, right. than if we were using the wild yeast approach. What else do we have to try? Okay, we have one more beer that we brought. This one is something that we brewed in collaboration with the Tapline Growler in Holly Springs for a Girl Scout cookie pairing. Uh-oh. So, growing up in California, I came from okay. a, a large Italian family, though you wouldn't know it from my surname. <laughs> and my grandmother made these delicious cookies. Uh, Italian thumbprint cookies. Ah, look at the color in that. It's delicious. It's laden with ridiculous amounts of raspberry and a little bit of vanilla. Uh, Think of the, the color of raspberries that you see in the grocery aisle, and that's what it looks like in a glass here. So this is a raspberry Italian thumbprint cookie, a beer that we brewed for the Girl Scout cookie competition. It was meant to go in companionship with the Girl Scout shortbread cookie. So while it is a beer with that has a great depth of raspberry flavor, it also has a little bit of cookie toast and some vanilla. Um, these are not styles that we'll brew frequently, but it was something that we brewed for this event and we have in our wheelhouse and so every now and again we'll we'll bring out something that
0: is uh I can't wait to try it. here all we right. go. Now that is refreshing. That is excellent. Thank you. I think I'll try some of that too. How did you come up with this
1: concoction? Okay, so um, while you're looking at Paul and I here in your studio, there's another member of our team that we haven't mentioned yet, and his name's John Federal. Hi, John. Uh, hey, John. Uh, John is our, our head brewer. He leads all brewing and, and quality assurance operations. John was originally the had brewer at Raleigh Brewing and developed most of their recipes. One that we frequently have here at the Salem Street Pub is Hell Yes Ma'am. That's yeah. also his recipe. And so when we were focused on coming up with interesting things for this collaboration around Girl Scout cookies, you know, we love things that are dosed with large amounts of fruit. We've talked about the sour beers. Um, it seemed like something to, to cut the richness of the shortbread would be a great way to go. And so we focused on, on raspberry. This is in keeping with really what is one of our key tenets at at vicious vicious, which is to bring balanced, delicious, approachable beers to market. You know, there are, and I'll just, as a counterpoint, I'll say sour beers being a, a, something that, that is growing in market these days, frequently those can be overtly puckering sour. Many people would expect that of that style, but we're going to take a little bit more balanced and approachable approach to it if you will because you know what beer is meant to be enjoyed with your friends for a lot of people you know those those in your face flavors are a bit much and yeah. you can bring them the the wonderful aspects of craft beer without hitting them over the heads with right it.
0: that's yeah. exactly right now how do you determine your target between taste and ABV. I mean, is this something where the three of you sit down and say, Hey, you know, this is a strategy session. Everybody makes their case. I mean, what is this? You guys all just naturally agree. Oh yeah. That was the way to do it. How does that come about? How's that process come to fruition? Sure.
1: Well, we started this initiative with a few key pillars in mind in terms of the types of beer we wanted to brew we've talked about the new england style pales and ipas Mm -hmm. that's definitely one leg of the stool the heavily deliciously fruited sour beers is something else that we like very much and so that's a second leg of the stool the third leg is probably if i had to hone in on it would be oily stouts things that are just have a depth of flavor that um, are delicious So those three styles are really where we're going to create focus. Now, beyond that, we're going to brew across the spectrum because there's a lot of very delicious beer styles. And I think you'll find them in our taproom lineup today. So, you know, in terms of how do we come up with these – we do have some strategy sessions where, you know, John and I will get together. We're just uh, he's working in the brewery and I'm working on something in the tap room and we'll debate about how to approach this next beer. You know, I have a vision that I set forth when we established Vicious Fishes. Around what I, I want for us to be. And John has a lot of experience in this industry, having been head brewer at a couple of breweries and as a depth of aptitude and acumen in, in brewing science. And so we collaborate together and we play off one another. You know, For example, the Here Be Dragons, that landed about 6.3%. Mm, I really wanted it around 58 He was advocating for something over seven. And so we found a middle ground that would allow us to deliver the flavor profile of what the beer was meant to be while still achieving the objectives that we had
0: for what we want to bring into the community. Sounds like our lawmakers could learn a lot from how you guys move this stuff forward. Um, I was going to ask you, you're also, so you're going to open in May? Is that the target? That's the current goal. We May 2018. Oh,
1: you had to throw in a year on that.
0: <laughs> well done. We're, we're going to hold you to it.
1: Yeah. So, so right now, you know, we have a lease on the building and we are ready to go. We are ready to rock and roll. The building is being renovated. There, as I mentioned earlier, there's no roof and there's no floor, but those are in development right now. And as best as we can see, it seems like we're honing in on that May timeframe. Our goal, though, is to be able to do events out there sooner than that. We would love to bring out our jockey box and throw out some picnic tables and the expansive yard. And, you know, as long as everybody in the town of Apex is okay with that, you know, along with the permits that we have in hand, you know, we'd love to bring beer to Apex sooner than that. But the building, it looks like it'll be ready in about that time frame.
0: And once you get a roof and you get a floor, you're going to also have food. Is that is that the, the, that's a rumor, but are you here to confirm the rumor?
1: I'm here to confirm. (laughs) So actually, this is another wonderful thing about the partnership that we've developed together. Paul here, not only does he have the building that we're going to be located in, but he has a a nephew who happens to be a world-renowned chef that worked at a number of restaurants in Manhattan and has worked for... Notable chefs around the world, and so Ryan Miller is going to be joining us. And in fact, we had a brew day today where Ryan came out, and uh, we'll be tasting beer and developing a menu that is uh, complementary with the beer styles that we develop. And so we're thrilled to be able to bring something that's going to be a little bit different. You know, one of the things yeah. when you're living in a uh, rapidly developing part of suburbia here, we joked at one point, it's like. Well, clearly, right around where we're located, there's going to be a mattress store because they're everywhere (laughs) um, and a chiropractic studio. But what we want to do is something a little different. You know, the the tap room will be a little bit different. It won't be, it will be something a little bit more authentic. It'll be not a chain. And so the same goes with our food. I think you'll find that the food concepts that we're throwing around will be something that are a little bit more interesting. Than typical chain fare, we're g- going to dig deep in terms of flavors and and things that
0: are good companions with the beer that we're brewing. And um, yeah, it sounds hard, but it sounds like you guys are having a ball.
1: Oh are my god, you guys gosh. having a ball? I mean, it are just, you
0: kidding? Yeah, I mean,
1: it, you know, you don't you don't have a dream for twenty five years and then do it halfway, <laughs> right? Our goal is to make it fun and exciting and a little edgy, but welcoming. And bring to our local community something that they can get their arms around and and embrace.
0: Very cool. Um, As we wrap up, Ken, where can people find you today in Anger? And where can they find you here in Apex when you're up and running? Just give us that address one more time. Sure.
1: Okay. So today in Anger, we are just outside of downtown, the Stone's Throw. We are at 219 Fish Drive. I didn't make that up. We're, oh, vi- come on now,
0: Ken. Yeah, vicious
1: fishes is on Fish <laughs> Drive. It was just serendipity when we when we set out. So uh, we have our grand opening for that location coming up uh, in a couple of weekends. We but- are not
0: renaming Salem Street or Old US One. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'm. I who knows what happens out there. There is a little bit of a frontage road. I'm I'm partial to Piranha Place. <laughs> uh, and then in the months to come, we're going to be at two two three seven Old US One. Literally right down the street here from where we're uh, perched out over Salem Street, and we're thrilled to be bringing the Vicious Vicious Taproom to Apex.
0: People are going to be pining to find out exactly when you open, so they're probably going to want to find you on social media. Where can they find you on Twitter and on Facebook?
1: Yeah, Shane, thanks for saying so. Social media is the best way to stay up to date on what's going on with the upcoming taproom at uh, Vicious Fishes Brewery. That's Facebook and alliterations thereof. If you go to viciousfishes.com, you'll have an easy pathway to all of our social media. We typically maintain Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hopefully one of those platforms is something that you follow. And if not, maybe you can start to develop a love for those by following us there.
0: Ken O'Berry is founder and owner of Vicious Fishes and Anger and soon to open in the peak city. And Paul Miller is also a co owner of Vicious Fishes uh, coming to Apex. Thanks for coming on the show and best of luck with the grand opening of Vicious Fishes. Thanks, Shane.
1: Thanks, Shane. We appreciate
0: it. This is the Peak City Podcast. I'm Shane Reese. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and leave us a good rating if you like what you hear. Find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Last FM. And if we've missed your favorite podcast player, please let us know on social media through Facebook or Twitter. Thanks for listening. Head out to the grand opening of Vicious Fishes, and we'll see you around town.